This is Women Crush Wednesdays from New York Women in Film and Television. We cover all facets of women working in entertainment and media, along with highlighting accomplishments of our members and previewing upcoming events. Welcome to another episode of Women Crush Wednesdays from NYWIFT. I am Janine McGoldrick. And I'm Penny Malloy Harper. We are happy to be back with you. As of the day of our recording, the industry is two weeks into the writer's strike, which we had talked about in previous episodes. And yes. it appears that the progress to reach an agreement has been pretty slow. There's been a lot of action on the picket lines. Haven't heard a lot of action of what's happening behind the scenes as far as negotiations. And over the past few days, there's been several announcements of productions that are starting to shut down because of what's happening. So Penny, I know, you know, you work pretty actively in providing set medics and other medical services to sets. Curious to know what, if any type of impact you have noticed on the business so far. Well, absolutely, Janine, there has been a great impact. Um, the writer strike for the first time in 15 years, I'm being I'm seeing shows being being taken off the air and a lot less pre-production opportunities. Um, if the writers are not there, then they can't get into pre-production. Um, strike is not only affecting the writers, but also the camera operators, the craft services, right. hair and makeup, prop crew. Some of these people just rejoined the workforce after the long stint with COVID where they were totally unemployed. So this is really um, affecting their livelihood and their finances. Studios are cutting positions and experimenting with AI to replace some of the roles. But what I find most interesting, Janine, is that other disciplines, such as the camera operators, mm -hmm. the electricians, the cinematographers, are in total support of the writing strike in hopes that the issues they are striking for are resolved, even though the other disciplines are financially impacted. They are really rooting for them because they want to make sure that they get equality. Yeah, I think that is so important, the fact that the other unions are really backing them. And I think that's going to strengthen the negotiating, you know, aspects of, you know, the Writers Guild, knowing that SAG and DGA and a lot of the other unions are yeah, behind IATSC, them. all of them, yeah. And it also shows that we all respect and understand what the other people within our production community does for us. You know, that exactly. the actors realize they wouldn't be there and have any lines to say if they didn't have the writers do it. And what I found interesting, I, I read one story where someone was talking about a production that was happening now. And without the writers, someone had said to the, the producers, well, what are you going to do if you don't have a writer on set to help? Because dialogue changes when you're in production, you you film something and you realize maybe that didn't work. So they usually go to a writer to say, okay, let's rewrite this, let's change this. And the producer said, well, the actors will do it. Well, you know what? That's not necessarily their job. They're, exactly. they're worried about developing their character and they have a lot of other input to give. But now you're giving a writer's job to an actor. It just shows that that they don't understand the value that the writers bring to the content that they're creating. And it's it's really a shame that it's gotten yes. this far. It, it has, it's, it's incredible, um, the trickle-down effect. 
I know personally some script supervisors and it's really affecting their line of work too, because that's their role. They work with the writers sometimes, as you mentioned, to rewrite some of the lines that don't work. So because there is no writing going on, there's less productions, they are finding less work as well. So there's a lot of people who this is really affecting. And again, as I stated, they are just getting on their feet since COVID. So now they're hit again with another delay in getting themselves together financially. So it's such a hardship for some of them. Yeah, and they're reinventing is... or repurposing their doing. Some are going to real estate. It's just so interesting that they have to find livelihood. They have to survive yeah. in support of the writers. They're willing to do that. Just look around and change. That's some a things. great that's a great point. The fact that we're just coming out of COVID and production was getting back on its feet. And now this is happening. Yes, the people have to turn to other lines of support and work in order to, to bring in that money. And if you are a New York writer that's been impacted by the strike, something that you should be aware of is that the New York City Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment, this Friday on the 19th, they're hosting a free live webinar at 1 p.m. to provide information and to talk about available resources in order to support you. And there's also a list of resources on their website. So we have included a link to that on our show notes, and we suggest everyone to take a look at that. And even if you're not a writer, if you're still affected by this, you know, check out their website. I'm sure they will lead you to other resources as well. And hopefully, you know, the, the strike will end soon. I know SAG and I think the DGA are also coming up to the end of their contracts and they're going to start yes. negotiating in the next month or two. So the fact that all three of these are happening at the same time, I think hopefully will nudge everyone in the right direction, especially the fact that they all support each other. Agreed. Yes. And they are supporting each other, which is great to see. Yeah. So fingers crossed on that. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're lucky enough, not to be affected by the strike and currently working on a project, then you need to know about Fifen Studios, a 10,000 square foot facility that offers production space and post-production services right across the river in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Leah Kearney had an opportunity to visit Fifen and speak with its creators, two female award-winning producers who wanted to help support New Jersey's growing film community. All right, so let's hand it over to Leah. Hi, everyone. Leah Kearney here. I am so pleased to be speaking today with two powerhouse female producers. But before we jump into our conversation, let me give you a very brief rundown of their impressive credits. Jane Sinisi is CEO of Fife and Studios and has been producing documentary and feature films for the last decade. She's a member of the Producers Guild of America, has produced or executive produced films such as A Call for Help, Eden, and The Birth of a Nation, one of the highest selling films in Sundance history. She's also creative director at Fifen, an independently owned film, television, and digital media company where she produces an amazing slate of features and series alongside our other guest today, Molly Connors, who is COO of Fifen Studios, as well as the founder and CEO of Fifen. Also a member of the Producers Guild, she is Emmy nominated and her films have earned four Academy Awards and 11 Academy Award nominations. Her long list of credits include Birdman, Frozen River, Killer Joe, The Immigrant, and many, many more. Together, they opened Fife and Studios in fall of 2022, a 10,000 square foot facility that offers production space and post-production services designed to support New Jersey's growing film community and the opportunity to help it grow. Molly, Jane, 
what a treat to speak with you both. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having having us. So I had the pleasure of touring Fife and Studios. It is beautiful. Uh, In addition to uh, the post-production and edit rooms, you have a 25-seat 4K theater, executive suites, conference rooms, kitchen, outdoor space. Uh, What prompted you to open it? What was the impetus to create it in the first place? Um, What started uh, the idea was, of course, COVID. You know, we were looking to branch out into ways when the film industry kind of shut down. Um, how we can branch out into other creative um, opportunities. And I happen to also run a real estate company in New Jersey. And along with the tax incentive that is included in New Jersey and is very strong, we had 10,000 square feet available to build this facility. So I turned to Molly and I said, hey, why don't we do this while we can't actually film? So I put my construction hat on. Mm-hmm. And Molly, I got her purple one to match our fin suit, our <laughs> color, and we went along our way, and we started building and building. And two years later, we opened our doors. Well, congratulations! Um, I actually, Jane, I heard you in another interview mention drilling into solid rock, um, which I thought oh, was yes. a, a great metaphor for overcoming obstacles. I was wondering Correct. if you could. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. Literally like the movie Armageddon. I mean, if I could have hired, you know, Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis to drill the holes myself, I would. But we had the building held up on stilts, the entire building to drill through. And we had to blast through the Palisade rock, like with the, you know, special types of explosive materials. And we had in our office, the four building was held up on stilts. No, you know. When you, if you will it, it will come, or if you build it, it will, you know, they will come and they have. And it was quite interesting. I learned from my father never take no for an answer, and no became Fife and Studios. Fantastic. Well, our audience is New York women in film and television, but, uh, you know, many of our audience live and, and work in New Jersey as well. Curious if you can share something that, that people may not know about the area and about the industry. Well, I, the beginning of Hollywood, as you would call it, actually started in Fort Lee, New Jersey, which is about three minutes from Fife and Studios and where Fife and Offices, our Fife and Offices exist. That alone shows that New Jersey was really the start of the film industry. And what I actually learned in all of this is even the term cliffhanger comes from the fact that Englewood Cliffs is where the film industry started. I did not know So that. it was a very interesting fact that I learned, or someone told me, but you know what? I like it. I think it works. <laughs> I think it's great. I think that the fact that we are down the street from the Barrymore Film Center as well, which is a museum and a testament to the beginnings of where the film industry actually existed. They have posters still on the streets of Fort Lee, which is next to Angle Cliffs, of the first films that were made before they moved into the into Hollywood. On the other coast, I would say. <laughs> I'm an East Coaster for life type of girl, but um, I think that's very interesting and, you know, a very powerful statement. 
And a, a lot of, I, I learned recently, a lot of those early studios were run and uh, owned and started by women. So it's, it's exciting to see more women-owned production happening in, in the area. Molly, maybe maybe you could talk a little bit about your work as producers, because together and separately, you produce a really diverse slate of features and series. And I'm curious what draws you to a project, what ultimately uh, makes you want to take it on. Yeah. Um, so we produce a variety of film and television, all genres. Um, really what I always kind of say that attracts me to something is something that can, we listen to what the market wants and and what can get made because this is such a very hard business to be in. Um, and that's, you know, obviously it's great when we love something creatively, but we really try to be pragmatic and, and, you know, focus on things that we know we can actually deliver on. Yeah. You know, you mentioned pragmatism and uh, my next question was going to be, I understand you're both mothers. It is an often crazy industry that we're in. And I, I wonder as a mother of a almost two-year-old myself, if you have any advice for our listeners of things that support you in balancing work and family life or what approach you take to stay sane in it all. <laughs> um, so with my kids, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, but with both of them, they've they've been, you know, making movies since they've been in the womb. And so this is always what I've done. And what I really try, I have a, you know, a seven and four year old and, and especially with the four year old really try to kind of prepare her to like geographically and showing her a lot of cues of this is where I'm going. And this is how long I'm going to be gone and calendars and like visual cues that kind of help her understand, um, you know, what's going on. The older daughter is, is very used to it, but, um, being yeah keeping your sanity is uh, is tough and i think women in general are great multitaskers and so literally always have like one earbud in and on mute and <laughs> just kind of trying to do both you know rolling conference calls with uh the pickups and whatnot and the mute button is your best friend <laughs> okay yeah i would definitely say there is also balance in the imbalance because it forces us as mothers or as business people in general, to, it forces us to value the time that we spend at work or at home. So whether it's at one day it's 70-30 or it's 101, <laughs> you know, at zero, there's there has to be uh, at the end of the day, a cumulative balance, you know, and not to let the word guilt drive anyone or, or create any sort of fear in trying to create success because giving the opportunity I have a son and a daughter and teaching them both very different types of lessons but in different ways and to respect both of their their opportunities within this type of industry whether they want to take on our legacy or take on you know, the other legacies that we continue to have from our family's past or not, I think it's important to show. I know my husband and I work together and in the real estate business. And at the end of the day, I include him on what Molly and I do with Fifen. You know, he and our team in the real estate business were in, they were the glue that helped us build the studio. They did build the studio, <laughs> so I have I owe a tremendous amount of respect to that. But 
he makes, for example, time every night to have with our son and our daughter cuddle time or any time that we have, no matter where we are, you know, and it could be at 11 o'clock at night, you know, or it could be at six in the morning. So like I say, the balance and the imbalance, that that pendulum, you know, the swing, it could go so high, so low. And one week it can be one thing, one week it can be another. And you just have to be able to find that stability and to teach the lessons that at the end of the day, it, it does balance out. And you can't micromanage everything. You have to look at the bigger picture. And I think that's the most important That's great. My next question was about the early career producers among our listeners for people just getting started or, or early in their careers. I'm curious if there's a piece of wisdom that, you know, you wish you'd known when you were starting out. Well, I can say this and then Molly can finish because I'm the leader of the producer. Molly has taught me a lot. Find a mentor that can teach you that this is a very hard industry and find somebody like I did, like Molly, that don't take no for an answer. Find a way to always say yes, then find a way to get there. You know, some people may say no because they're scared to find that way. I think we look at it the other way. We say yes, and then we find that way. And I would probably say 99.9% of the time, we always get to that yes, including that rock that we everybody told us no, we couldn't get to, to build our beautiful theater. We have pieces of that rock sitting in corners of every office, holding our doors open. They are now the door holders to open, opening our doors. That's a powerful metaphor. I love that. And that as a newer producer, I can say, is finding somebody like-minded like you, but that also challenges you. That's right. that, That would be my advice. Yeah. No, I think also the advice when I got into this, I that no one told me was how long things take in this business. So I feel like would would just my guess message to young people getting into this was, you know, to just be patient and stick with it because things even things take so long, just projects take so long to get made and to not give up because they'll eventually get done if you just keep trying. And I know that sounds like pretty cheesy, but even projects we have that we've been attached to and you know, Butcher's Crossing was one that we were attached to for so long and not as long as Gabe Polsky, the filmmaker uh, director, but we were attached to that for like six or seven years. And so, and it ended up getting made, but it's just a, it's a very long, long process. And so my advice would just to be to just keep going and not give up. Because we also have, um, among our listeners, you know, hair and makeup artists, people above and below the line in every aspect of of our business. I'm curious if there are things that when you're working with colleagues, what are things that make your jobs and lives easier as producers uh, that other other crew members could bring to the table? Or if if they're looking to get hired, what would what advice would you give them? Well, in terms of crew, I mean, like, uh, advice of what we look for, I mean, just obviously the, the, we, we work with a lot of the same people over and over again. So people that, um, uh, you know, are like, I love, you know, crew members that are like, Hey, you know, do you need somebody Are you looking for scripty? Are you looking for this department or that department? I have a friend and I love that collaboration and like the, that kind of help. Um, and so we do, we, we tend to hire the, you know, a lot of people that are very resourceful like that, um, that can kind of, 
you know, wear many different hats um, and, exactly. and helpful to the production? Um, I would say that uh, to agree with Molly that people that are not will are not afraid to also be asked the question, oh, could you maybe step out of the box a little bit and maybe help us grab this, you know, and not just be so stuck in that role because you never know where it's going to take you who you're going to meet you know we have we know people that are hair and makeup that are very dear friends of ours that wound up uh i don't know helping maybe being producers on another project of ours because of their also ability to evolve and mold and grow with us too Obviously, everybody has their specialty, but everybody can always learn. You know, I can't necessarily put on the perfect eyeliner if I had to, but <laughs> someone could show me. And if they needed it, I would be there right there doing it. I love that. I love that. It's a team sport, right? And Absolutely. Um, you cannot make a movie. It takes a village. Yeah. One person cannot make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. Well, do you have um, do you have anything upcoming that that you can that you're allowed to talk about that that our listeners can keep an eye out for, or that you're just really excited about? Yeah, we have um, Butcher's Crossing coming out, so there's going to be more to come with that. But um, what else? We are developing Julia Stiles' directorial debut and working through that. Um, and then the other some of the other projects I don't think we can really talk about yet because they haven't been announced, but. But I would say to some people looking out, even though, you know, New York and New Jersey are so close, is to read some stuff about New Jersey, you know, and look into Fighting Studios as well and see anything that's coming, you know, our way when we can announce it. And opportunities for aspiring filmmakers, aspiring anybody in the industry, like, just keep listening, keep reading, keep watching and paying attention just because you don't live in a certain state. You never know there's opportunities. We happen to want to be promoting Fifen Studios and Fifen as we have multi, we have different companies, but just keep your eyes and ears open just like we did and always have an open mind because you really never know where it's going to take you. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to underscore and, and maybe ask one more question about Fife and Studios, which is which is that it is a pretty singular and unique offering, what you're offering. I just wonder if you could speak a little bit more about what makes this such a, an amazing opportunity. Well, it is post it is a post-production facility, but it there's a lot that can be done on the production side in terms of production office space. Um, other services and amenities that we do have that we do collaborate with with projects that we have done molly you can elaborate you know um that's why we're so proud to be supportive of the new jersey tax incident we have a large i mean i wouldn't say vast but we have you know if you're shooting a movie we can have office space available for people to do wardrobe and costumes and all that kind of stuff there as well. It doesn't just have to be once you, you know, once it's in the can. And that's mm -hmm. what I think is very important for people to know that you need to prep there. You can prep there. Like, 
soup to nuts. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, you know, if there's something that, you know, filmmakers coming in that they they need some like help with a problem or something to troubleshoot on our, you know, we have a full production service team at Fifen that absolutely that. and so there's a lot of cross pollination between both yes location from location scouting to everything when we have a very strong relationship with the um new jersey film association and um they want to work with us as much as we want would like to work with them you know like i said we're yes people so Yes, people tend to attract yes people. And as long as you have that positive energy and the patience that Molly is referred to, <laughs> we'll make it run a little faster, you know, because of our lack of um, sleep or <laughs> lack of uh, saying no. We really <laughs> don't like that. We don't like those two letters. Well, if people want to, they can follow you uh, at fifenstudios.com. That's P-H-I-P-H-E-N studios.com. So that's where they can find out all about you. Are you are either of you guys on, on the social medias or is there anywhere else that people can uh, see what you're up to? Fifen Studios is on social media as is Fifen. Um, mm-hmm. And one last thing, I would love Molly to describe where the name Fifen came from, Molly. If possible, because I think oh, it's yeah. the most interesting. Sure. Um, um, based on the five phenomenon, which is, you know, the series of still images moving in rapid succession. And that's the flip book. Um, you know, it's basically the flip book effect. And so that's how we came up with the name. Rapid succession. That's what I love. We love <laughs> rapid succession. So if you do, too. Please come at Fifen Studios. <laughs> well, that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you both so much for your time today. Really, really a pleasure speaking with you. And, and thank uh, you. Please, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Wow, Fifen Studios sounds like a great addition to New Jersey and the New York community as well. And as a Jersey girl with a New York City address, I am all for any efforts to help support the growing industry in the Garden State, especially one that's owned and operated by women filmmakers. Yes, Janine, it is so important to support women filmmakers, as we do in NYWIV, so that our stories can be told while being in a position to have the film completed and distributed as intended. Yeah, so check out our show notes. We'll have a link to Fifen Studios as well as their social media handles. Follow them check out their offices. Leah said that it was such a beautiful facility and she was so excited to get a tour of this very multifaceted facility. So Penny, before we wrap things up, do you have anything that you've been enjoying that you'd like to recommend to me and to our listeners? Let's see, Janine. Let me think about that. Well, if you have not seen Falcon Lake, The Woman King or Woman Talking, then you may want to check them out. There are many television series with women episodic directors that are also great to watch. I just recently read an article where Ava DuVernay has recently hired 42 directors, which altered their professional lives in that process. Many of them were passed over time and time again due to Hollywood's old boys club, quote unquote. So that's super exciting. The new 42 episodic women directors. What about you, Janine? 
Well, I have seen The Women King and Women Talking, and I love them both. I have not seen Falcon Lake, but I have heard good things about it. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, kind of put it back on my list. Thank you for those recommendations. For me, I just binged Mrs. Davis, which is a limited series on Peacock. Its final episode actually airs in a couple of days. So I'm very excited to see how they wrap it up. And it stars Betty Gilpin, one of the actresses from Glow, which was also um, a favorite of mine. And it's about a nun who vows to destroy a powerful artificial intelligence known as Mrs. Davis. The AI program has basically seemingly taken over the world. The show is a mash of a bunch of different genres like science fiction, comedy, drama, action. And it really is unlike anything on television. It's really playful. It's smart. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Anytime there's a show on there with a totally different story that you've never seen, that you've never heard of, you've never come across, I always love that. Procedurals, there's a place for them. I still go back and can watch hours of the old lore and order. So there's nothing wrong with that. But when there's an original idea that makes it into television, I'm all for it. And this show- So refreshing. Yes, exactly. It is. That's the perfect world. It is so refreshing. You don't know what to expect. And they really can tell that they're having a lot of fun with it. That would be my recommendation for the week. I'm definitely going to check that out. So listeners- Do you have a recommendation, an accomplishment, or a story you'd like to share? Would you like to be featured on an upcoming episode? Or maybe you have a segment idea you would like us to do. We would love to hear from you. Email us at communications at nywift.org. Be sure that you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, then please leave a review as it helps others find their way to us. Also, be sure to check out nywift.org the latest news, blog, post, and programmed events from the New York Women in Film and Television. Well, thank you, Penny, for being with me today and for all the listeners for joining us. We'll be back after the Memorial Day weekend with an episode all about the Tribeca Film Festival and the wonderful projects being done by our members. Until we meet again, keep on crushing it. <laughs>